0: Welcome back to a brand new episode of Lock, Stock, and Two Joking Addicts. My name is Romano. My name is Dean, and this week joining us we have Denise. It's really good to have you here. You know, myself and Romano know you obviously, and you know it was it was nice to to get you into the studio to do this episode, and you know we. We've got a few males on, you know, and it's nice now to get a female on because we didn't want people thinking, well, oh, they're just getting on all the men, you know, because there's a lot of female listeners and we want them to be able to relate as well. So, you know, thanks very much for coming in. We
1: might interview you later when you're all dressed up in drag, will we?
0: <laughs> that, that, that can be arranged, Romano, yeah. For, for people listening, I am going to a, a drag show tonight with my wife and I will be dressing up and the videos will be on all the socials tomorrow. So, yeah, stay tuned. Oh, I love to
1: see it he's looking at me as if he's gonna kill
0: me yeah yeah but you know it makes me wife happy so so that's that's the main thing you know
2: I'm used to people in drag but I, I never thought you would be so there you go yeah
0: yeah, yeah. First time for it won't be the first time for me <laughs> <laughs> but yeah Denise how about you know we start with you know life before addiction you know how is life for you
2: before addiction Was there ever life before addiction for me? (laughs) That's the question. Mm. I grew up in a family where um, there was a lot of addiction. And so, like, my father would have been addicted to women. My mother was addicted to religion. So, how old would you have
0: been when you started using? I
2: was 18, the first time I really drank. I mean, I would have had sips of beer as a kid. And I was offered pot, and my mom was a religious nut, and we had to go to church three times a week. And I was offered pot in the church parking lot by one of the other girls that went to the church, <laughs> and we told on her. We were twelve, and we told on her. Yeah. And uh, you know, little did we know, just a few few short years later, we'd both be at it like rats to sugar. You know, we were. i I'm a twin. So whatever my twin sister did, I was right behind her. Usually. Like like
0: double trouble.
2: <laughs> That's what they call us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> trouble anyway.
1: <laughs> where 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 were you from, Denise?
2: A little town called Macomb, Illinois. It's about four hours southwest of Chicago.
1: What was life like growing up there?
2: Well, as I said, um, my father was a laborer. So and they like to have kids. My parents. There were, ten, there were 10 of us. They had 13 children and there were 10 of us. Yeah, there was eight
0: in my family as well.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, never a dull moment in that household.
0: No TVs in the house.
2: Oh, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably my first addiction.
0: <laughs> right. TV.
2: Right. <laughs> TV and sugar. Going back to that. We actually, when I first am cognizant of my life, we, we lived in this house that was, it was a two-bedroom house. And there were seven kids in a two-bedroom house. So you can just imagine the mayhem that w- went on in
0: this little two-bedroom place. And, you know, then when you when you start using, would you have been long into addiction before you realised you that there was a problem going on?
2: I got arrested. I started using when I was the fall after I turned 18 in the summer. And um, within two years, I'd been in jail twice right. and was headed towards the third time and um you know just lovely little things like that it was (laughs) you know people would go the lawyer i remember the lawyer saying to me would wouldn't you just stop wouldn't you just stop doing this and Mm. i just looked at him and said i'm a party girl and i just want to party what the fuck is your problem i mean how can you insult me by thinking i need to stop anything i'm just The victim of circumstance here the cops got it in for me you know (laughs) yeah all that kind of justifying yeah
0: and the finger always went out like didn't we never blamed ourselves like
2: oh no it was the Mm. cops it was the judge yeah the cops and the judge were on my murder list for quite some time
0: i I always blame me parents you know it was their fault that i fell into addiction you know when it was their fault they got arrested like Everything was their fault, like you know. Whereas now I'm in recovery, you know. Looking back, you know, they gave me everything, you know, everything I ever wanted. I had, but it was still never enough. Like if we could go back and and thank them for that, you know, <laughs> I would have loved it. But you know, I'm I'm doing that today by being in recovery. Mm. You know, I'm I'm not the problem child anymore. It's it's good. Like
1: when did you kind of? to realize then that your life kind of became unmanageable to a certain extent that, you know, I, I've got a serious problem on my hands there.
2: Well, those were, you know, those, those times being put in jail were um, an indicator. I didn't see it that way. And so it took me another... Um, actually, what changed me, I moved to California and uh, tried to be a normal person. I, I thought California would be the place to... Mm you Know, assume some kind of normality in living, and and you know, what and unha- what happened was I brought myself with me, and and mm. you know, my roommates quickly learned, Jesus, you don't want to go out with her, she's messy. And um, so, you know, I wound up alone a lot. The big kicker was my 25th birthday. I planned this 25th birthday for ages. I invited everybody I worked with, I invited everybody I knew, and not even one of my roommates came one girl from work came and then one of the i was in huntington beach and one of the lifeguards that lived in my thing came and the two of them were i'm sure just looking at each other the entire night going the fuck are we gonna do with her because i was i was a mess i was just you know gave myself free reign when nobody showed up to just get wasted off my ass and do all kinds of embarrassing shit.
1: Same thing happened. Me for my 21st birthday as well. Exact same thing. I invited yeah. loads of people. i say about two or three people. Two or three people turned up. And I got like a fucking seven grams of cocaine. And for everything for myself. Yeah. I was like, I yes, so no know it turned up. I'll just mill all this. I, was, I wasn't even able to talk. I was just like,
0: a, I was gone. Yeah.
1: Gone. Oblivious.
0: And you know, that that's making me think of my 21st birthday as well. You know, there was no party organised. There was no talks of it leading up to the party, even though, you know, I was dropping hints with everybody. And it got to my 21st birthday. I ended up grabbing me, the mother and my children. I ended up grabbing her mother and giving her money and bringing her to the pub. And we had, we entered a quiz, you know, we, we had, there was a pub quiz on and got wasted all night thinking like, you know, and you think it—you think that make me like really think into this. No, but it didn't. You know, it was like, oh well, do you know what? Fuck them if they don't want to come and, and you know, fuck me, man, Dave. They don't want to have a twenty-fourth birthday for me. But you know, just like that, nobody wanted to be around me. Any time people were around me, they were out for more days using, or they'd owe out more money because of me. You know, everybody was trying to, everybody was trying to keep up with me, and it just got to a stage where it was like, yeah i'm not going out with him you know and nobody was allowed to be around me you know the lads used to say to me oh my boy won't let me go out with you and all it was just a mess like that was only at 21 you know my whole 20s were like that you know it wasn't until i hit 30 that i got clean like you know i, I found recovery thankfully looking back now i can see all of that you know your famous word clarity you know we have that clarity today you know so after that denise I suppose was it was a long after that before you found recovery yourself, was it?
2: I moved back to where I came from, where in Macoma, Illinois where I lived, and um the uh I lost my driver's license because of the drunk driving offences that where I went to jail for. So, um I went into the they call it the D V M in in the States the Division of Motor Vehicle thing and try to get a license because I'd, I'd gotten a license while I was in California. And uh, they informed me that if I drove out of there, I would be arrested and put in jail and probably go to prison this time because it would have been strike four. Oh, really? And uh, that was a sobering, that was a bit of sobering up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it didn't really sober me up though. <laughs> You know, I just realized, you know, there there wasn't going to be any easy fix for mm. my past. I was going to have to face it. I was going to have to walk through all the stuff I thought I'd done, which I'd done half-assed. I was going to have to walk through it. Yeah.
0: That must have been a bit scary, like, coming to that realization. Yeah, I thought I could
2: calm my way through it. I, yeah. I was pretty confident. Yeah. That I could, you know took my dad in the first time I went back. Because I'd been in that counselling before I moved to California. Right. And the counsellor said to me, when he dismissed me from his treatment, that um, I should just try to have four. That was his parting four, advice to me. Four drinks? Try to have four. four. Just try to have four, Denise. Four what? Four drinks, four whatever. If, um, if
1: he said that to me, I'd be like, I'll oh, have four. I'd be thinking four days. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so... Great advice. and he was at the end of his rope with me I mean you know he'd all I wanted to do was listen to him tell me about what his life because I knew he partied with my uncle I wanted to hear all the, the dirt and the stories on that I didn't care that he was trying to sober my ass up and get me straight so the next guy was a little bit smarter with me and he um, I imagine he'd read all the file or even talked to your man and and figured out that you know, this one was going to be a hard case. They knew that my uncle was a notorious drug dealer. So in the town, I mean, it wasn't, he wasn't a big drug dealer, but he was a drug dealer in the town. And so everybody knew him. Everybody knew the family, all, you know, mostly druggies. So the second guy was very, you know, there was like this series of me going to this guy and he'd say to me, so you're not going to use this week, right, Denise? You're going to come back next week and tell me you've been clean all week. I go, yeah, yeah, no problem. I'll be, yeah, I, I don't have any reason to take, to pick up. And at the time, I was only drinking. I, my best friend had had a seizure after taking, um, what's the party drug? Ecstasy. Ecstasy. She had taken ecstasy, and she had a seizure and right before I moved to California. So I wasn't doing street drugs after that. I decided from that point on I wouldn't do street drugs but boy I would drink and you know drinking always took me to not-so-nice places Mm. so
1: you think you think obviously you've got illegal drugs and you've got legal drugs for example alcohol did you look at those differently and think oh well it's just alcohol it's it's, you know it's legal there's no difference at the time yeah
2: yeah yeah now (laughs) yeah no it's it's all it's all the same poison. It's just wrapped in a different package. Mm.
1: It doesn't matter. Like for me, looking at now, anything that's gonna take me away from me, is a danger to myself. Yeah. You know, people mention moderation. It doesn't work on me. I don't have moderation. I don't know what moderation is. No such thing as two. No, definitely not. <laughs> I used to try and say, you know, I'm going out for two pints tonight. She's looking at me. No, you're not.
0: And you'd really believe it though Yeah but you know, I'd, because st- I'd start
1: bickering with her I'm, I'm only going for two drinks, what's the fucking problem? Yeah. And then she goes, man it never ends it This time is different Yeah I'm going for two drinks, I'll fall through the door two days later
0: Yeah because deep down inside we, we really wanted to believe ourselves Because this was before recovery You know we didn't know recovery was out there And we want to
2: be normal Yeah we want to look we want to do what normal people do they go out for a couple of beers they have a good time and then they go home and go to bed yeah rarely did that <laughs> yeah even
0: still even still sometimes today look i remember it was only a couple of months ago i was in little and i was getting a bit of shopping and there was a fella in front of me and he had a bit of shopping and he had two cans of soda. and i was looking at him he was he wasn't facing me now he was looking away oh he was looking at him and thinking like you Doing with them two cans of am like, what are they gonna do, you know? And, and then it wasn't until I was driving home, it was like, That's that's yeah. because I'm an addict, that's because I, I can't just have one or two.
1: I think, like, well, a same similar kind of mindset, man. Because when I'm in or Aldi and I see person like one person get one can or one bottle, I'm like. Hmm. Trying to think of their house. Like, oh, have they got more bottles in the house? How, why do not yeah. I get one bottle? And I'm like, trying to snap out of it. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, trying to map out and blueprint other people's houses and their fridges and stuff. Mm. I'm like, why does he get one bottle? Maybe he has some more at home. <laughs> just fucking the same thing. Like For me, I was just all or nothing. Yeah, I couldn't go out there. Probably just have one drink. Mm. I'd have a Guinness and a whiskey side by side for the whole night. Every single night. And then it'd be just oblivious mm. in regards to you, obviously coming into recovery Denise did you was it recommended to you
2: my second counselor's name was Bob and uh, he went through this rigmarole with me that every week I'd come back and say oh yeah I had to yeah, yeah, yeah I, I I, had to go out this night I had to do this and and so the next week he'd say you're not gonna he'd say this week you're not gonna drink next week and so my last drink was actually half a beer half a beer I went to my I went to the bar with my sister-in-law, and there was this really hot guy over there, and um, I wasn't drinking. I wasn't drinking, but there's this hot guy, and he's kind of eyeing me up, and I'm thinking, oh, I can't talk to him. And I went to my sister-in-law, and she had a beer left, and she goes, help me drink this last beer. So my last drink was a half a beer on the 13th of May. 1988
0: wow yeah. that's amazing isn't it right. i was born in 1988 <laughs> huh? it was a little bit before that. no it wasn't that's 35 years you know that's that's outstanding unbelievable you know so then recovery started you know what was what was early recovery like
2: well the first thing he did was go okay that's your the 14th is your day yeah don't forget that day that's the most important day in your life so then, um, it took me a little. It took me a couple of days to figure out how to get to a meeting, because I'd go looking for them and I couldn't find them.
1: Could you not find them? I bro? couldn't find them. Oh, okay. <laughs> they were
2: well <laughs> hidden in church basements and things like that, and you know, who could, who could find that stuff? So, um, but I remember the first meeting I went to was in this church basement, and there was this girl, and and it was raining, and her name was Mindy, and. Um, we went for a bike ride. I, was, I, I rode a bike because I didn't have a driver's license. And so she took me for this bike ride, and she took me all around town, and she took me to every member's house and said, if you ever need help, this is a house you can go to. If you ever need help, this is a house you can go to. Wow. If they were home, she took me into the house. I was meeting people that I knew, but I didn't know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and they were, she was like, these people will help you. All you have to do is ask. And I was like, that's freaking weird, man. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Anybody would welcome me anywhere. So
0: it was really, yeah. Yeah, I I remember that as well, you know, people being so nice and and friendly. And I was like, you know, what do you want? Yeah, You know, what are you looking for?
1: Still, even when I walk into the meetings now, I'm so used to giving like handshakes or fist bumps and people open arms and I'm still like... I don't know what to do Give you a hug hold, yeah. or shake hands Whatever But like It's such a weightlifter Off the shoulder You don't have to put up a front You can literally mm. Just be yourself There's no You know just all, all bets are off You can just relax
0: And it's it's crazy Tomorrow you'll be 100 days yeah, It hasn't been easy Yeah but you're, you're getting there You know you're, you're putting in the footwork Yeah 100 days tomorrow 100 days tomorrow I'll give you a phone call tomorrow I won't say anything today You know, we we can't do that. So then that seemed like unnormal to you, Denise, when you were showing these members' houses and stuff.
2: One couple was a... The guy was a doctor, and I thought... And I knew the doctor. I'd worked at the hospital before I moved to California. That's where I was working. And I knew the guy, and I thought, he's not going to appreciate you showing me where he lives and telling me I could show up at his house. (laughs) His wife turned out to be my sponsor.
1: That's amazing. Did you find it difficult in early recovery? Oh, yeah. Or how difficult did you find it?
2: Well, I looked up on those 12, that list of 12 things we need to do. Yeah. And I, I saw that list of 12 things and I thought, you can do one of those a week and then you're out of here. That's really what I believed. I thought, Jesus, that's easy stuff. Wham, bam, I'm out. I graduate. I yeah. don't need to come back. I'm free. Um, and uh, what I found out was it takes a long time to get through those 12 things. And and it took it's taken me a long time to get. So pay, I'm currently doing a fourth step, which is a searching and fearless moral inventory. For those who don't know what that is, it means that I'm looking at my past and and with a with an eye towards what works, what doesn't work, and where I go from here with what doesn't work, <laughs> mm. and how I clean my how I clean up my my mind. Um, my soul and my heart and walk in, walk through that and when I looked at those steps I just thought, oh, okay, that'll be easy enough. Then I saw the G-O-D word and I didn't like the G-O-D word I was very, I wanted to run screaming. The the fact that we were in a church basement already was creepy Mm. enough and then I saw the G-O-D word and I was like, oh man (laughs) I'm in the wrong place.
1: Yeah, I think something similar as well, but I soon realised that there's not many people that would believe in it when, when we're in that setting, um, that, that kind of set me back massively as well. Like, looking around, it was on edge. The more you listen, and for me, it was just about listening and identifying. And then, you know, you're you're more open to the fact, and that's what kind of opened the doors for me as well. How many... Have you, is this your first time to do the steps, or have you probably done them before? Haven't? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, you've done them. Many times.
2: Many, many times. <laughs> many, many times. <clears throat> this just feels like the most honest one I've ever done in really? my life. So, yeah, it's just they they say it's like taking apart an onion you're just peeling off the layers and at 35 years I feel like I've peered off, peeled off a lot of the layers that kept me from who I'm really supposed to be mm-hmm. what, what would
1: you say was your biggest challenges in early recovery and do you actually still face those challenges today
2: no not really I mean I'm 61 <laughs> the challenges of Men and and those kinds of things. I mean, you know, when we first get clean, you get your libido back. And and that's, you know, if you're not with somebody, that can be a harrowing experience because you're, you're looking for that outside mm-hmm. thing that's going to shut off the head. And uh, so sex was a huge thing. Trying to go out with guys that were in recovery. Uh, I was actually writing about my first two boyfriends in recovery today. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And uh, the messed up things I got myself into. Madness. Mm. Um, I remember going through the first two years and thinking, oh my God, these are the worst years of my life. Um, But only because I was feeling everything and I was was walking through stuff and, and actually had to... I was still pretty good at hiding out. I mean... That doesn't leave right away. So um but yeah, I mean things things that I was doing were not they were my life was messy and my head was messy mm-hmm. and it took me a long time, you know. Um I remember sleeping with the second boyfriend after the third date and my my sponsor going you need to wait to sleep with somebody for the 33rd date and I thought fuck I that. thought <laughs> yeah, I thought fuck that and I thought crazy crazy old woman, she's only been with one man ever, you know and and that was my justification for how nutty that idea was and how she needed to keep her opinions to herself, <laughs> I had waited for the third date, my god, she had no idea, because I, I never slept with anybody more than once and mm. it was usually after about two hours of looking at him across the party <laughs> you know, there was no such thing as a third date a date decorum at all you know that's <laughs> it's what we do mm. you
0: know Yeah, and I love that what you said about you know about peeling the layers back of the onion you know because each time I get to a certain part of my recovery I think right I'm after doing that piece of work I'll never have to do that again you know and then a couple of months later it's like ping and it's like oh no I thought I started this out you know and, and it, it comes at me in a different way And I have to go through it again you know and and now a couple of years into my recovery I'm seeing that you know I need these things to keep coming up because if they keep coming up it means I'm not finished going through that thing you know so and I've only finished my first first fourth step there recently and you know I was sitting around you know, waiting on the magic to happen after I finished that and I was like, nothing's going on and you know, I was talking to another member as well and she was saying, Yeah, like I I'm finishing my fourth step and, and like everything is still the same, you know, and it wasn't until I should have known this, it wasn't until I started then with a next piece me next piece of work that then I started to feel things be a bit calmer. You know, so now I and you know, I I know this But I I don't always think about, you know, I just need to keep going and keep working on myself, you know, keep pulling them layers back because the second I stop is the second, you know, the layers go back on, (laughs) you know. So I'm learning and learning, you know, all the time that I need to just keep going, you know, and I'm glad that, you know, you you said it as well a while ago that, you know, you thought you were going to graduate. You know, if there was a time where we graduate in recovery, that would be bad.
1: Yeah, you'd celebrate by going back out.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: A lot of people do graduate that way. I've been Mm. around a long time.
0: I was, I think, well, I think I got like two months clean. And then I moved to a different area here in Sligo. Wasn't this area? We'll we'll get to this in season two. I'm saving this. I'm saving this. What we are talking about for season two. We have it already mapped out. But yeah, <laughs> we moved to a different area here in Sligo, and I wasn't around anybody, you know. And and I had to travel in for, I had to travel in to to come in for meetings, and I thought, oh sure, I'll have a few drinks on the weekend and knock out the meetings, you know, and then you know slowly but surely my head just started to go started to go and then bang i went back out you know because i stopped doing the work on myself you know i I thought i was okay because i was getting away with just using alcohol on the weekends and not using anything during the week you know but it caught up on me you know i didn't graduate you know that kind of way
1: thought you had everything figured out
0: yeah yeah i thought dean knows everything you know so it gave me the slap in the face that i needed to fucking get me shit and say, Roy, can't do this. You know, you know what to do. You know, you're getting told. People are suggesting what to do. You know, so then we really had to start listening to the suggestions.
1: If you don't mind me asking, Dane, you just mentioned something there that things keep cropping up, cropping up, and... Your head gets messy again. Yeah. Can you give me, like, if you don't mind, sharing?
0: Yeah, no, sure. Uh, paranoia is a big me. one. Like, I've often worked, you know, I've often had to call me sponsor and be like, this has happened, that's happened, you know, and, you know, it all stems from your past. You know, we have been cheated on in the past. You know, we have got bullied in the past. And I've blamed myself on that. You know, I always blame myself on stuff that happened to me. Whereas it wasn't my fault. You know, so now you know, when people are being really nice, you know, I'm I'm getting paranoid and thinking, Oh no, something's up here. You know, something's something's up and my head'll go off on one. And it's happened a couple of times where I've taken her own me fucking head and brought her into the real world. And that wasn't nice. You know, I, I went to my wife one night with something, and as soon as I said it out loud, I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And she was like, what is going on? like?" And I was like, I'm, I'm so fucking sorry. You know, and and it was crazy. But for that time that it's going on in my head, I'm, I'm really fucking, I'm really believing it. You know, and it's, it's me disease talking to me in my own fucking voice. And then you know yourself you i i still act like the man sometimes you know i, I love my clothes and my watches and me and my runners and stuff and my caps you know the amount of caps i've got in the last couple of years and i love them and i'm putting her on for what other people will say and then at the end of the day i'm sitting there thinking oh, why did i do that you know why did i do that and then another day you know, I'll I'll hide away my Gucci cap because I'm like, oh no, people be like, oh, who does he think he is? I battle with that all the time. You know, I'd, I've often hid away my Gucci caps for a few months and thought, oh no, I'm not wearing it. Do you know what I mean? People will think I'm trying to be this and I'm trying to be that because sometimes I do. Sometimes I want people to turn around and say, oh, I love your cap, your cap looks cool. And sometimes I want that, you know, and then, and then I, I cop on and it's like, Dean, what are you doing? You know, we are not living that life anymore. I don't have to be like that anymore. You know, so we'll go and I'll throw on me tracks with our pennies and I'll feel great all day, you know, because I'm not, I'm not paranoid about what people think think and, and I'm not anxious, you know.
1: There's one thing that you mentioned there. That I just want to go back to, yeah. and I'm just a little bit intrigued. So going back about ten minutes ago, you said that you would blame other people, your parents and yeah. parents and stuff like that. But then you said with the bullying and cheating and stuff, you blamed yourself. Yeah. Why would you blame yourself for things that are out of your control, but things that are in your control? You blame other people. I, I, This is just a question. Yeah.
0: No. Uh, I, I don't know if I... if I, fucking got that I don't know if you understood stood that can you say that again so, sorry
1: about 10 minutes ago yeah you yeah. said that you would blame your parents
0: yeah for on the bullying
1: no 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 you, oh. like you'd always point the finger at other people for your actions yeah but other people's actions you would blame yourself yeah why would that
0: oh you. you know because of the bullying happening early on I thought it was me. I thought they were bullying me for a reason, that I was so quiet, I was so shy, and I wasn't supposed to be like that. I was living in a block of flats. I was living in the middle of Dublin city centre. And I thought, oh, I shouldn't be like this, you know, I have to be like them. And I, I fought with that for years, like, you know, anywhere I went, I got fucking picked on. It happened that much that that's why I, I started to blame myself on it all. And, you know, there's there's still some of that, there's still, that, that still hurts me sometimes, you know, like now it's kind of like fucking squeezing me, but I know I, I need to keep talking about it, you know, and sometimes I'm okay with it, you know, I've, I've gone through that pain with my sponsor, and I've actually, you know, myself, I've, I've forgiven myself for, for blaming myself on that, and I've forgiven the other people that bullied me as well, because they were just going through their own shit. And, yeah, they shouldn't have used me. They shouldn't have took her out on me. But they did, and that's how it is. You know, I can't go go doing anything to them, you know, because that's not the way I live my life today. You know, so all I have to do is accept me. All I have to do is is feel it, myself, and know that I'll be okay. Mm. You know, because I could go and do a million other things, but who's going to get hurt at the end of that? You know You'll me. pay the
1: consequences. Yeah, definitely. Cheers, thank you. It's just no a little bit
0: that. No worries at all. I'm here all week. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> so was <is> Chris. <laughs> we're gonna have here, we're gonna have Chris in here all week long, <laughs> recording episodes because he has a holiday coming up. I have a holiday coming up, so we're gonna need to hanging out a few episodes and, and have them sitting there and the lads also want that anyway so keep be nice. bragging
1: about hollers why don't you
0: I'll take you with me huh in, in the suitcase
1: <laughs> yeah oh, I'd love a holler I to have been doing for the weekend <laughs>
2: so Denise
1: back on to you I'm just going to ask you like how would you say life is for yourself today
2: oh um, the old timer when I moved to Chicago used to talk about life being beyond his wildest dreams mm. man had a silk tie in him a gold pinky ring and uh, I thought you had to be rich to have what life beyond your wildest dreams. I don't know too many people that move countries and I always wanted to live on an island. I wanted to live on an island in the South Pacific, not in the North Atlantic. But here I am. (laughs) And, uh, you know, you make hay while the sun shines. I live in existence where I have peace in my head most of the time. I look out my window and there's a, a wren you know, picking bugs off the trees and, and, you know, or a bird singing, a robin singing, or a blackbird singing. And I live, live a very, when you see it, I mean, it's just a idyllic life for somebody who has a mad, crazy head that needs quiet. Mm,
1: that's good. And when, when did you move to Ireland? In
2: 1997. We moved to Ireland. Yeah. We lived in Dublin for two years. And that was then the year I was born. <laughs> I got pregnant, and uh, we moved out here to the West after I got pregnant. And we have been out here. I love the idea. Yeah, raising my kids. People are always like, oh, wouldn't you want to go back to America? I'm like, I never had to work. My kids have never sat through a, a shooter drill in their lives. And, mm. you know, I, I would not wish that on my worst enemy. To have that worry when you send your kids to school every day.
1: Yeah, i seen there was, there was another shooting, I think, at some fairground, I think over the weekend.
2: Yeah. There's one in almost every day, and it's sometimes 10 or 11. You don't know how lucky we are. Crazy place.
1: Yeah, mental.
0: And it was lovely listening to that, you know, because about not that, it was lovely listening to it you know the part there i, I just literally went off in a daydream and you're talking about the, the little rain and the little boards out out the window and stuff because for me you know when i first come into recovery I, I heard about stuff like that and i was like what are they what are they fucking on about the boards and the, and the trees and all you know today i fucking love nature You know, looking at a tree. I I have a favourite tree that I drive by nearly every day. And I don't know what it is about, it. I just like to look at it. You know, and and for that change to have gone on in my head, you know, from, like you said, all the chaos to, you know, sitting down and actually enjoying, you know, looking at the wind blowing the trees or, or the birds, you know in early recovery as well people used to laugh at me because they used to say all oh, right i love waking up in the morning and hearing the bees and the birds and just seeing the trees blowing and people who right now are laughing like, what are you laughing at i'm serious do you know what i mean they just they were laughing because they were happy and and they've had that experience as well and that that's the life i want to keep living you know and i like the way you put it as well because you know for a lot of people they think money is all you know they think money will bring happiness you know, and and coming into recovery, I taught that as well. You know, and over the last few years, I've I've spent a pretty penny trying to find happiness. And it wasn't until I just sat with myself, with no shiny things around me, that I found out I'm already happy. You know, I'm I'm trying to what I'm trying to do with you know the runners or the clothes is I'm trying to bring extra happiness, you know, fucking addict like, you know, or I'm happy, I want to be happier, you know, I, I always want to go higher and higher, yeah. and it wasn't until I just sat down and was like, you know what, I'm happy right here, right now, you know, I've, I've got some peace in my head, I've good people around me today, you know, there's nobody banging down the door, all that kind of stuff, that is the real things that you find out that you love, you know, uh, Peace of mind. Yeah, like always chasing, you know, I was always chasing and and I didn't realise it. You know, I took out the drinking drugs, but yeah, I brought in all these other addictions. You know, and, and to now today, you know, be able to listen to you talk about that and say, yeah, I know what you mean. Because for a while I didn't, you know, I'd, I'd get wrapped up in a new pair of runners, you know, let's say I ordered them on the Monday. A few days, I'm I'm like I might as well be off my head on something the way I'm going on for a few days waiting on the the runners to come in the door. A few days later, I just fucked there, yeah. just drowned just there like nothing. Yeah, I just I I really and I I still suffer with that. I mm. still suffer with that. It was only last week I was looking at my runners and I was like, you know what? I haven't got this pair of runners, I that pair of runners, and I was like, then then stop stop, you know because. uh Yeah I'm always going to be A fucking addict And and I suppose That's where You know The continued work Comes from I hope I hope I never graduate In recovery Have you ever ordered
1: something And it takes a little bit longer To come than what it's expected All the time (laughs) Like For me Just as you mentioned That there It's like If I Rang someone for drugs Yeah And I Mm. said I'll be a half an hour I'll be looking at the phone Every minute Yeah And if it's a half an hour I'm ringing again and it's the exact same when I order clothes. If they're not there on time, I'm going on to Google, tracking the order, seeing where it is. Where's me fucking order? Where is mm. it? Where is it? Going
0: into comment sections and yeah, all yeah. to see is other people having the yeah. problem and you're having? And
1: te- texting the supplier then, like, <laughs> where the fuck's me order? I said it was going to be here, like. But that's... Stand, that. Standing at the door in your crooks. Yeah, not even addressing dressing <laughs> gown, will take her on. But to that extent, and it's the mm. exact same thing, one addiction to another. Mm.
0: Mental. Yeah, it's been really nice having you on, Denise. You know, you're you're opening up our minds. Do you know what I mean? And we're talking about stuff that we haven't been talking about or thinking about in a while, you know. It's really nice to have you in. It's good to see that three and a half decades as well.
2: Thanks, guys.
0: Yeah, amazing.
1: Good to be
2: here. Amazing.
1: to wrap it up. Thanks for listening, guys. Another episode of Lock, Stock and Two Joking Addicts. I want to thank our guest, Denise, as well. It was an absolute pleasure having you. And thanks for the guys. Michael and Chris for letting us use the new studio. Really appreciate it.
0: And guys, we also have a website up and running. There's a link there. If you'd like to support the show, you you can. And if you can, you can go onto Spotify, hit the download button and that will help us get out there more and that will that'll help us grow over time and get us into the charts and maybe one day we can grow close to joe rogan or the talking bollocks (laughs) podcast maybe one day with your help
1: (laughs) and if you don't hit the download button you're
0: dead (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna find out where you live (laughs) and we'll 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 grab your phone and make you hit the download button no but seriously guys thanks very much for all the love and the support and yeah mano yes that's a wrap
1: that's a wrap
0: boom boom